Hey, Bat Family. This is your host, your sister, your friend, and Kiru, thanking you for another year of listening to Conversations in the Diaspora, a Building Africa's Future podcast. And I want to use this opportunity to invite you all to our upcoming end-of-year virtual event titled Umoja, Lives in Me, Lives in You, in partnership with the Afro-American Cultural Initiative. If you'd like to register, please go to our Instagram pages at Building Africa's Future or at Afri-American One. That's A-F-R-I-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-O-N-E. And click on the links in our bios for your free tickets. You can also go to our website, buildingafricasfuture.today for more information. If you'd like to participate on social media, please use our hashtag LivesInMeChallenge. Please stay tuned for the following special episode, and I look forward to seeing you all soon. everyone. Thank you so much for joining the conversation. This is Conversations from the Diaspora, a Building Africa's Future podcast. And as usual, I'm your host, your sister and your friend, Nkiru. And for tonight's episode, I'm joined by a special guest of mine who is um, deciding to stay anonymous for the sake of tonight's episode due to the seriousness of the topic. And it's pretty much a private matter, but I'm really grateful that she's decided to come on the podcast to kind of share this um, piece of her life. And um, just to kind of give everyone a slight background before she, you know, tells her story on, on her own. She lost contact, her mom, her and her mom lost contact of her father's side of the family when they came to the U.S. And, um, you know, she's been trying to reconnect with uh, her dad's side of the family, but it hasn't been, um, hasn't proved to be successful at the moment. So she's hoping to maybe find some solutions or maybe just share something that many other people may be able to relate to, um, especially, you know, this is, you know, something about the diaspora, the African diaspora. This is an issue that maybe some people have gone through as well and maybe haven't had the boldness to talk about it with others. So I'm really appreciative that she's coming on tonight. So, um, sis, if you would just please kind of share with us just a little bit about your journey. Um, I know this is a topic, you know, once again, that's a pretty sensitive one and <laughs> it, you know, brings a lot of emotion. I know when you first told me it was, you know, challenging. And I, like I said, I appreciate you for even sharing that side of your um, life with me. So if you can just kind of <laughs> tell us a little bit, you know, more about your journey okay. to connect with your father's side of the family. And um, if you could just tell us also at what age or, you know, point in your life, did you feel yeah. that it was something that was necessary for you to do? And what were some of the challenges that you had along the way? Okay, first and foremost, hi everyone. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a good time. And Kiri, thank you so much for providing this platform. And um, thanks for just being a sister to me because I know before I told you this, we weren't as close, but you were just so open to like listen and help me figure it out. So I'm really grateful and I love you for that. You're my oh. sister for life now. <laughs> but anyways, guys, um, I'm choosing to stay anonymous because family is very important to me. And um, I just don't want anybody like judging my mom or judging my dad 
because like I will go off so, <laughs> respectfully. Um, so I'm choosing to stay anonymous, but I feel like it's this conversation is something that is definitely something that needs to be had because oftentimes like it happens, but we as Africans just, you know, kind of sweep it under the rug and it's made to look as something like shameful when it's like legit, just real life stuff. Anyways. So, um, anyways. Okay. So I was born in a third world country in West Africa. Um, and it was going through a lot of stuff and, um, my mom and dad met and, um, fell in love or whatever. He came from somewhere else. She came from somewhere else. Well, to be exact, I mean, she was, she's Liberian and my dad is Nigerian. So, um, they fell in love or whatever. He was in Liberia. Well, he was in Liberia. He was in Liberia on some business. Um, and they fell in love or whatever. And, um, then came me. So, um, my mom didn't know that, you know, my dad was a little (laughs) player player. (laughs) So, um, when she actually found out, um, that he had another woman, she, um, she was like pregnant with me already. I think she was like eight months or whatever. So she was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a sister wife, period. (laughs) And I'm not going to be a sister wife. So the only thing that's between us is our child. And from what she told me, my dad was very loving. He wasn't like the normal Nigerian, as the normal Nigerian stereotype, excuse me. You know, he was very loving. He took care of her. He cooked, he cleaned, you know, he was a good guy. He took care of her. It's just that he wanted two women and she wasn't with that lifestyle. So, um, he, of course, you know, men, she, he begged, pleaded and whatever, but my mom stood her ground and she had me and he gave me a Nigerian name. And, um, but unfortunately he had to go back to Nigeria. So he asked my mom if we could go with her because his mom found out that, you know, he had me and wanted to meet me and wanted to meet my mom and you know like I don't know I guess they wanted them to get married I don't know what the story is I don't know to be honest but um so at the time mind you it's like I'm not trying to tell my age but (laughs) it's like early 90s right (laughs) it's early 90s and um there's a lot of horror stories with people who go you know have babies with people from different countries and they go back to their like the father's country and they're mistreated so my mom wasn't trying to take that chance so my dad was like all right you don't feel comfortable coming at least let me take my daughter so my people like she can know her people and my mom was like "Eh." like you know how moms are with their kids like no like no she wasn't having it and also because um my grandmother my maternal grandmother was already in america and she was trying to get my mom to you know my mom and the rest of the family to america and so long story short my dad went back home and we lost contact and we lost contact so um my mom we went to another country and um she got married and i mean like 
that's who I knew to be my dad. So anyways, long story short, we came to America and that's who I knew to be my dad. So I never questioned it until I was about maybe like, like 10. Like, you know, the, the age where you start to know things like, you know, you know how to read. And I was a very curious kid, like from the time I was young, like I was always like ahead of the curb or whatever. I was, I grew up very fast because I was like the only kid amongst adults. Yeah. So, like, I learned very quickly and all that stuff. So, um, I just started, like, seeing documentation. I'm, like, seeing, like, my dad's name, my last name, you know, is a specific last name. But the guy that, you know, I know to be my dad, that's not his name. So, I'm, like, what the hell is going on? Right. So, um, I think I was about 10. And I was just, like, Ma, like, you know, what's going on? And she's like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Mm. Um, I get to 12. I'm like, wow, what's going on? She's like, don't worry about it. Like, But at the time, I was very selfish. And I'm going to be honest. I was very selfish. I don't know what my what trauma she went through that, you know, she didn't want to talk about. But I wanted to know. So I didn't care. I wanted to know. So she kept on, like, prolonging it until um, I asked my grandmother and, my grandmother didn't even tell me the truth. She, you know, she covered for her daughter as she should. Yeah. Um, but when I was 14, my mom was just like, you know what? Um, by the way, everything you were saying, yeah, you're right. Your dad is Nigerian. I'm like, okay, so can you tell me more? And she's like, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. So <laughs> you can imagine being 14, being frustrated. And mind you, she's remarried and she, you know, she started a family and I see how, I see how like the relationship with the father and a daughter is supposed to be. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, like I want that. Right. But, um, it is what it is. So I was, it wasn't until I was about 24 or 25, I would say she felt comfortable to tell me the whole story, which I just told you guys earlier. Right. Um, and yeah, we, she just apologized and I was like, okay, well, I'm glad my dad wasn't a deadbeat. He was just a <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. and that's it. Like, you know, he wasn't a deadbeat. He didn't, you know, after she told me I was really eager to like, you know, but my dad has a very common name, so it's hard and I don't mm. know his, his Nigerian name. So it's so hard to like figure it out. I did like 23 and me. That wasn't like, <laughs> That was it. It was okay. Like, but it mostly told me, like, I mean, it confirmed I was Nigerian. Though. I already knew that. <laughs> and Liberian. I already knew that, you know? It didn't tell me anything I didn't know. So, um, yeah. <laughs> That's about it. I mean, you, you wrap a lot of, you know, powerful points. You know, obviously, when, you're, when you were first starting to ask your mom, you know, some of these questions... One, she probably considered your age and she probably didn't want to. Yeah. Or she probably didn't know how to explain, you know, what happened. Yeah. And also maybe she was kind of surprised that you asked that. And yeah, it's one of those things that no one is really prepared to answer. Um, Yeah. So I think, um, you know, but I'm happy that, you know, obviously the man that you knew to be your dad growing up, you know, loved you and cared for you. So you didn't feel like you were necessarily missing out on much. So I think it would be yeah. a different story if, you know, you didn't have a dad at all in the picture. 
Um, yeah. But since, I mean, I know um, one thing that's pretty common with, you know, our African countries, unfortunately, um, but especially during that time period that you're referring to, is mm -hmm. this kind of general theme of war and conflict. And I know how that yes. generally kind of separates people. Um, yes. You know, just naturally people tend to become displaced because of, you know, wars yes. and conflicts. Um, yes. You know, people become refugees, people become like, you know, seek asylum, mm -hmm. uh, asylum, uh, asylee status and there are things like that. So naturally yeah. families kind of split up in that process. So would you say, um, I guess your experience as it relates to, you know, the family dynamic, would you say that this is somewhat of a common experience for um, people who, I guess, have experienced wars or conflicts in their countries? Um, um, I would say it's common. It, I mean, it's not that common. Well, but I do feel like it's common when people are from two different places, like my mom mm -hmm. and my dad. Okay. Yeah. Like if, I say that. Yeah. If it's a different story, if my dad was going to be librarian, right? You know, it would have been a different story. But because he was from a different country, he had to go back to his country, like. So he couldn't like, you know, and he couldn't force my mom to go, you know, so it's it's something that's common, especially during that time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to be real. Liberia went through a what, 14 or 13 year civil war. And um, yeah, like we saw a lot of things. Well, not we. I was about two. So I didn't, I saw things, but I don't remember them, thank God. <laughs> but like, there were people that were older and like my mom and my aunt, like the stuff that they saw, it was ridiculous. And um, I do believe that during that time, like if your father was from a different country, that's when the displacement happened. Not so much if they were from the same country, if that okay. answered yeah yeah so i mean yeah that definitely answers it i guess i was thinking um also on the side of well two additional questions kind of came out from that uh -huh. so i know like in conflicts uh war mm -hmm. and situations like that people naturally become displaced because you know families are kind of running in different directions yeah Sometimes, like so people end up naturally having different families like maybe they had a family their original family but then because you know, mm -hmm. different movement happened then they ended up meeting someone else and then the other thing um mm -hmm. do you think that i guess like what you mentioned like with your mom and dad do you think that's mm -hmm. why many people today still feel like they don't really want to marry someone from a different country just because of what you explained like how they feel that you know mm -hmm. one person wants to eventually take the other person to their country and then the other person will feel left out or if mm -hmm. you can talk more about that um I can't speak generally, but from like my point of view, like like being Liberian and Nigerian, like there's a lot of conflict between the two because Liberia and Nigeria are like, in terms of culture and in terms of like the way they are, Liberia is more open and willing to like, you know, foreigners and stuff. And Nigeria is more like, I don't know, like I would say closed off or whatever. They're very strong in tradition. So with that being said, um, when it pertains to like Liberians and Nigerians, like they don't, they don't really like to intermingle because they're intrigued. But as far as like marrying them, 
the possibilities are like lower because um, I've talked to, I've had several like Nigerian guy friends and they're like, they kind of look down upon Liberia as a country. So it's like, how do you marry someone you look down upon? So I don't know if that answers it properly. So yeah, that's, yeah. So yes, they are scared to marry outside, especially like, and I'll speak personally, like my grandmother is like, totally against (laughs) against me like she's totally against me like marrying a nigerian man because she's like yo like look what happened with your mom and the typical thing is nigerians do not marry non-nigerians like they don't if you don't have nigerian blood in you they don't marry you and that's not the case with everyone but like majority of the time that's what it is so my grandmother's like no my mom's like I mean, those are your people. I can't tell you not to, you know, love your people or want to marry your people. But um, yeah, my family's very conflicted when it comes to that. Like I said, I don't know my dad's side of the family, but through experiences, yeah, they don't want to intermingle. You just mentioned like, like we discussed earlier, like, you know, the man that stepped in as your dad or that you knew Uh as your dad all these years. So would uh-huh. you say like your um your birth your birth father's you know absence would you say that it affected your relationship at all with men growing up and even now? Um I do because I've just always seen men as temporary. Like mm, I'm, I'm yeah. I I was raised by strong like the women in my family my my mom's side are super independent and strong like they're business owners they're like leaders you know like they're very strong wills you know Mm -hmm. and from what I've seen growing up like the men were just very temporary especially when my mom before my um before my mom got remarried to my stepdad it was just like you know her boyfriends would like her boyfriend would come and give me money you know he would give me money and, you know, act like, you know, he really cared. But mind you, he's just like doing it. So, you know, my like to get cool points with my mom. So I literally used to like time them. I'm like, OK, mind you, I'm like three or four. <laughs> I used to be like, wow. All right, this one's going to be there. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, not three. I'm like four or five, six. Yeah, like that age, around that age range. So. I'm like, this one is going to last about three months. Let me get some money out of him. You know, let me make him do this. Let me make him do that. And then I'm going to terrorize him and then he's going to leave my mom. And then it's going to be me and my mom again. So (laughs) that was our routine for years. Like, and I'm not going to, I'm not ashamed of that. Like, that was our routine for years. Like, (laughs) until my stepdad stepped into the picture and proved me wrong. Mm -hmm. Most of them were like temporary. So I always saw men as something temporary, something that you don't like someone that you don't need or they never stay. Like oh. yeah. Yeah. Well, this I guess on the other side, um mm-hmm. uh I guess like on the reverse of that, how how would you say your relationship how about your relationship with your mom or other women? Did this kind of affect that um, as well? Um, then, with that being said, yes, it did. Yeah. 
it made me cling on to women more than you know like when it comes to my friend when it came to my friendships like because of i don't want to put labels on it or whatever right. because of like that's who i'm used to like being around women and stuff like that i would be i was super like obsessive with my girlfriends like if they didn't call me i'd be like why didn't you know like like we're dating and my best friend had to be like like girl calm down we're not in a relationship. Like, I'm your best friend. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to call you every day, you know? Like, I was super clingy growing up, like, with when it came to, like, my women friends. Like, because I didn't, I like, I hold, I had a high, higher value for women than for men, like, just because of how I was raised. So I was super clingy, <laughs> if that answers okay. the question. Okay. Yeah. But how about, like, would you say that you had some resentment towards your mom growing up because of your dad's absence? I did at first, and it was only because I didn't know the story. Right. I just felt like she was being selfish. Like, just tell me, you know, like, for me, um, the family that I have, even my mom's family, like, I don't know my mom's whole family. Like, mm -hmm. it's a very small few people, and we're very tight-knit. So, like, outside of those people, I don't know nobody else. So, I'm like, bro, like, well, not bro, but, like, sis. Like, <laughs> I already don't know, like, your side of the family. Now I don't, like, I'm a whole totally different culture and I don't know them. And also, growing mm. up with, like, Nigerian movies, I remember, like, <laughs> oh I remember God. this. I was, like, I think I was, like, about eight or nine and we used to watch the movies, Nigerian movies. And, you know, it was all witchcraft back then in the early 90s. I mean, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And I remember probably 2000s because I was I came to America in 98. So it was probably like in the 2000s or whatever, early 2000s. And it was a bunch of witchcraft. And my aunt used to be like, you're Nigerian. I'm like, no, I'm not Nigerian. Those people are wicked. And, da -da -da -da. <laughs> and it's just like to have a full circle moment and be like, actually like the people that you know it was just so funny to me <laughs> right yeah wow yeah like, it's how, crazy how, how, how often mm -hmm. would you say that you think of you know i know like when you first kind of told me this you know you kind of when you told me everything then after that mm -hmm. you kind of shut down a little bit and then you kind of opened up again to like wanting to talk about this and then obviously we're having this um, episode tonight so would you say like how often do you think about you know your dad or you know, that kind of missing piece in your life, would you say that it affects your day-to-day -day life or how would you respond to that? Um, before therapy, it did affect my day-to-day -day life. Like, and that's, I think the main reason why I did that was because like when I lived with my mom and my stepdad and they have two kids together, and my stepdad's very like an active dad. Like, you know, he's like there for my sisters. Like, you know, like my little sisters are daddy's girls. So like, Seeing that relationship, it really used to like piss off. I'm not even gonna lie, excuse my language. Cause I felt like, I felt kind of cheated, you know? Like, okay, if this was gonna be the situation at first, I was like, why didn't you just let me like go with my dad? Like, if that was the case, cause it's just, I always felt left out. I always felt left out before I got therapy and I, I rebelled a lot. Like I wasn't a rude child, but I'm very like, stubborn I would say so like I would do like I would do like stupid stuff to get attention um and like just dumb stuff 
do I think of it daily? No. At the time, like at the time, I did think of it daily as a kid, like maybe from the time I found out to about my early 20s or something like that, I used to think about it constantly. Like, you know, yeah. I want to know my dad, like, and I like, you know, did Facebook stuff. But like I said, my dad's, a, my dad's name is very common and I don't know his, his um, Nigerian name. So it's like, it was mm. just like um, a lot of dead ends and I got really frustrated and I just like for my sanity, I needed to shut down and just like, yeah pray gather my thoughts and like just you know hmm. it's tough sometimes but after therapy and dealing with my feelings and you know learning how to manage them and stuff like that manage my emotions um I don't think about it like daily I think I would think about it like maybe every couple of months like every three or four months I don't know or like um and now that I think what was very um good for closure was that I found they found a picture of him and I have it like in my room. Aww. So like sometimes I'll just look at it and I'll be like, where the hell are you, Henry? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'll be like, where the hell are you, Henry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually happy that you said that because um I wanted to ask you, like, do you think um, you know, now obviously you're an adult, obviously living, you know, doing mm-hmm. what you need to do. Do you think or do you feel that your mom or grandma are against you kind of seeking out this information, like trying to connect with your dad? Like, how how do you feel that they kind of look at that? Like, is there any um, like res- resistance on their side? At first, there was, I mean, for honestly, like my grandmother's like, I, I love my grandmother to death, but she's like, she's very tribalistic and she mm-hmm. protects She's like a mama bear. Like she protects exactly. her cub. Yeah. So anybody that comes against her cub, she does with you. Like, mm-hmm. and my dad like really came against her cub. So she's like that. Like, you know, it's okay. You can go do whatever you want to do. Like, you know, you can go search, but it's not like it's like oh yeah, you know, I'll help you. Right. Like they have no information to help me with it. Mm. Every yeah, like they have no information allegedly i'm just kidding i love Boa. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no they have no information though like to help me with the search but my mom's only thing is like she's she's hoping that i find my dad before like i become the billionaire that i'm meant to be yes because she's like if you find him app or like if he finds you after you're a billionaire like i'm gonna cuss his ass out basically <laughs> So she's she's really hoping like I find him before I become the billionaire that I'm supposed to be. But um at first she was very like standoffish. She didn't it took her a while to like open up and stuff like that about it. Cause I was like, yo, was Henry like this? Was Henry like that? Mm-hmm. You know? But now she's like, she's like, she wants me to find him because she knows like she had a great relationship with her dad. So right. she knows how it is. Like, and she sees how it is for my sisters. So she wants that for me. But it's just like, at the same time, she's kind of like still, you know, a little pissed off at him. Like, yeah, you could have done more, you know, like, you know, you you mentioned earlier that you kind of felt left out, like, and you acted out Mm -hmm. as a result of it. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, why did you feel, I mean, obviously I know why you felt left out, but did, did your dad, you know, your stepdad ever make you feel that way or is it just that something that you personally felt like I'm like um, having, you know 
Okay. Um, when it was just me, my mom, and him, I never felt that way because I was the only kid. Right. But like when they had a kid together, and I saw like, you know, it, it kind of like shifted a little. Like, and then I'm the oldest, so like they didn't understand how to deal with like me as a teenager. And he would just like shut down and like, he didn't really, he wasn't really like, you know, like, whereas if I was like, you know, his blood, he would take more time with me. He just didn't know what to do. I would say it was his first time experiencing a teenager and like my crazy mood swings and this and that. So he didn't know how to deal with that. So like, um, they made a lot of mistakes, you know, as you're the firstborn, so you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they make a lot of mistakes with us, <laughs> and then oh, when yeah, they get, I know. when they get to the second and the third, they're like perfect, or like you know, we think they're perfect, but they still, you know. So I feel like with that, like, um, and I mean, like, I guess because I acted out or whatever, I it was more like. I had more rules, like they were more strict on me. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I can relate. Yeah, it's yeah. I guess because we're the oldest. I don't know, but they were more strict on me. Like growing up, <laughs> I always tell this story to my mom. Like you guys are getting soft. Growing up, Monday through Friday, we don't watch TV. We have we went to Catholic school. When you okay. get home, you take off your uniform, you eat, you you know wash your hands or whatever you eat. You go do your homework. No watching TV Monday through Friday. When they had my little sister, that little girl, <laughs> she could watch TV anytime she wanted to. Like, you know, like they didn't oh, have, like, it wasn't as structured. Like, he tried at first. Like, my first little sister, like, yeah, he tried with her, like, you know, as far as, like, you know, teaching her how to read. Like, he took her everywhere. Like, that was, like, you know, like I said, they had a daddy and daughter relationship. So like, hmm. yeah, like once my little sister was born, it kind of like shifted and I saw like, you know, the differences. So I clung to my mom more. You okay, sis? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not crying. I just have something in my eyes. <laughs> oh man. Like, just, 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 um, just to kind of make it a little bit more lighthearted because I know I know it's one of those topics like it makes you sad, but then you you laugh at the same time. Like it's yeah, it's 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 I I understand it's 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 tough. But since I think I think their thing too, I think part of it being that we were born back home, our experience yeah. will always be different from our siblings who were born here. And also, like you yeah. said, we were the first ones, so we they were still like learning with us versus yeah the ones that came after. They kind of have a lot more freedom than we ever did yeah <laughs> and i think yeah so like like i was saying um i kind of clung to my mom for everything like right she but anyways um she was like my mom and my dad and she kind of like my mom like really did make sure like i didn't feel that way right i mean that's beautiful i mean that's i'm happy that your mom was both parents for you and then obviously yeah, then that as well. also, also yeah. like I had my aunt and I had my grandma. So like, exactly. Was, you know, like, <laughs> so it worked out. It worked out, I guess. 
Yeah. To be honest, I would say that you're quite fortunate because, like, for me personally, yeah. I don't have, like, my extended family, like, everyone is literally back home. Oh, so yeah. I literally just have, like, my immediate family and obviously now my husband, too. And then, you know, yeah. the people here that I've kind of connected with, like, you know, all these, like, African aunties, African uncles kind of situation. And yeah. people that you kind of create as your family here in the diaspora. So, I mean, the fact that you have, like, your aunts and cousins and people here, like, for real, and yeah. your grandma, too. Like, I think that's the beautiful thing that you have that much of your family here. Like, so I'm happy Thank that you. at least, you know, even though... Yeah. You know, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy at least that your mom, you know, tried to connect you with, you know, I mean, that you're connected with yeah. you know, other people in your family and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For us, like my grandmother, when she filed, because um, we went from, we went from, oh, damn, I forgot I was born in Sierra Luna. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> whatever, y'all. Like, Definitely. I'm all over the place. Yeah. So we went from, <laughs> We went from Ceylon, we went to um we went to Ghana. We spent two years in Ghana. And um yeah. And then my grandmother sent for ten people. So like my it was my mom, my aunt, my uncles, like, you know, like it was ten of us that came to this country. So that became like my family. Huh? So shout out to grandma for doing that. That's, right? that's shout out to grandma. For real. Like, like my amazing. My grandmother is the goat. Yo, like she literally freaking slept on floors, worked three jobs, made sure we had everything. I had like the best childhood. I can't ever lie. Like I have honestly, my mother's family is so supportive. Like I didn't even, I mean, I knew I didn't have a dad, but I really didn't like, like lack anything. Right. As far as like, um, as far as like, you know, money wise or whatever, we went to Catholic school, even though we didn't live in the best neighborhood. We went to Catholic school. We always had food on the table. We always had clothes on our backs. Like they gave us a pretty good childhood. I can't, yeah. like they did a great job. Like I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really fortunate to have a supportive family. And even to this day, like, yes, my aunt is like, she's a business owner. Like, you know, and my mom's my mom's um a manager somewhere and my my aunt own I mean my grandmother owns several businesses back home. Several, yes. So, yeah, we're bosses, you know? That's why I say I'm a future billionaire because yes, I mean of course. I come look at look at the my lineage. Like <laughs> so like, yeah. I come from a good family. I'm glad, like I'm very fortunate to, you know, have a supportive family. They oh, always yeah. made sure like one minute I wanted to be a freaking model. <laughs> my mom paid two thousand for me oh, to go nice. to Barbizon. <laughs> oh my gosh, Barbizon is. So... I've heard some stories a, about them. <laughs> such an interesting place. Yeah, but I met some really nice people, like my lifelong friends with Barbizon, and I went actually. I actually was fortunate enough to um do a um a runway show in what's the place called Ca um Canada. So oh wow! Fun. Okay. Yeah. When I was like hmm. 18 or something like that. Whatever. I just thought I was going to be a model to y'all. But I was like, mind you, I'm like 5'4 or whatever. <laughs> like, but in heels, like I would always lie and say I'm like 5'7. Because in, in heels, I'm 5'7. Yeah. And I was like 125 pounds. But I had like, you know, like. 
certain things like you're just like you know you're not gonna be a model girl like you just know like sis <laughs> you're not the fact that your mom but, believed um, in you and encouraged you that's, that's oh yeah beautiful. my mom's super supportive like my whole family like anything i want to do like they support me 110 percent when i went to um i had studying abroad in 2011 to costa rica they paid for oh, that nice yeah they paid for that even with my business that I have now, <laughs> even with my business that I have now, um, they're super supportive. This <laughs> is like you—you you mentioned um, therapy earlier, and I think that's a very important point that you said because I know for you know when we were growing up, you know, for us in the African diaspora, yeah, Black Americans for African, you know, for wherever you are in the diaspora. That's not something that is looked upon favorably. Is it was yes. always something that's like, oh, that's only for, you know, rich white people. That's not an African yeah. problem. That's not a black person problem. But yeah. you know, thankfully in our generation today, um, many people are seeking it out because, to be honest, a lot of us have a lot of traumatic things that we've exactly. experienced. Even if you don't think of it in that way, um, if you like, really take the time to kind of reflect. We experience many things, either directly yeah. or indirectly. Um, maybe the communities we grew up in, maybe our families, just many things. So how would you say that therapy <laughs> has helped you? And what would you kind of encourage others as it relates to that? Therapy is awesome. Like, therapy saved my freaking life. Like, honestly, like, the type of person that I am, if I'm, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So that's a good and a bad thing. <laughs> so if, you know, I'm, and um, generally I've been super like in tune with my emotions. Like, I'm like, you know, I don't care. Like I say what I, you know, I say whatever I want to say or whatever like that. So I said that to say this, um, if I said I'm going to do good, I'm going to mm -hmm. do good. But if I say I'm going to do bad, you best believe I'm going to do bad. So growing up, like, I have a mouth on me and I also, I don't know how to argue. So a lot of the times I used to resort to physical, you know, situations. Like I used to get physical, like, oh, you get on my nerves, let's just fight and get it over with. Like, you know, like there's no talking. Like, what are we talking about? Like, no. And being raised the way I was raised, it's like, up north like you don't do talking like it's you know are you gonna fight about it if you're not gonna fight about it then shut up right. so I mean like I was very like that type of person like I was very aggressive all the time I still am I mean I'm Liberian and Nigerian so you would imagine you know the <laughs> the nonsense that goes on with my blood like there's, it's a lot of clashing going on <laughs> so um I was very unstable like I would always like um I would like take things to heart so easily I was always like in my head like if um I always made things about me like say my friend was busy and she couldn't call me I'd be like why is she calling me like you know I was very erratic and just like all over the place like super needy and all that and I remember my best friend told me, she was like, she was like, um, 
you really need to deal with like your dad issue and um like other issues like you need to go to therapy because like it's not healthy the way you're lashing out it's not healthy and i was like you're right and i apologized to her and i was like you know what um yeah i'm gonna do it but i didn't really do it until like the pandemic hit oh, and yeah. there was a free um there was a free therapy session called by taraji p had to call the boris t um i mean boris what's her last name hudson no what's her last name again taraji henson. henson yeah the the boris i think it's boris p henson um or something like that something with boris yeah they were offering free um free um free therapy mm-hmm. and i was like you know what and at that time i had just um i moved i moved um to a new place and i was i had no choice but to be alone i was very alone and yeah. i couldn't like you know my friends couldn't come over all the time and stuff like that so i had to learn how to be alone so i was like you know mm-hmm. what i'm going to use this time to self reflect and i'm going to take therapy That's and of deep. course i'm i'm a believer in in god i believe jesus christ is my lord and savior so like praying is good like i have to pray but it also helps to talk to somebody that's not yeah. your sister or your mom somebody who's non-biased mm-hmm. so anyway long story short um i applied and i got this really great therapist like i love her so much like and i had a couple of sessions and we just like worked through my emotions and like talk she taught me how to like manage things and like how to like meditate and how to like not take things to heart like yeah. you know people are going through their shit. like don't make it about you all the time like you know True. and um i was so grateful i came out of therapy like so much better and even though we didn't really get to the root of the problem which was like my abandonment issues with my dad yeah because um it was the pandemic and she had kids and you know it just it didn't work out <laughs> we didn't have time or whatever but um therapy literally saved my life it taught me how to manage things because the road i was headed down like i would fight for everything like the littlest things like don't play with me and especially and this is why i say don't talk about my family like that's like my achilles heel you talk mm-hmm. about my family you talk about my friends or anyone i love we're fighting so yeah. i learned how to deal with it like and manage my emotions and also like my best friend he's a guy he's like the um he's like why are you so why are you always allowing people to control your emotions mm-hmm. and he just yeah like he was my therapist before my therapist so <laughs> i definitely recommend therapy for black people we go through the most trauma like it's cool to pray and stuff it's cool like god we love god god can change anything but it's also good to just talk it out get it off your chest mm-hmm. like talk to talk to like you know a physical person i mean you know talk to somebody that can that's trained to help you deal with certain things yes So I definitely feel like we should do it. It doesn't make you weak, it makes you stronger mm-hmm. because honestly, like 
as an African, um, as an African woman, you're looked at as, oh, if you express your emotions and you, da, 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 you're weak. I didn't care from the time I was little, like I'd be, I danced to the beat of my own drum or whatever, whatever the analogy is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did what I wanted to do. Like, so I never really paid attention to all that noise. Like, no, but, um, definitely therapy strengthened me a lot. Therapy plus meditation and plus praying for me. Like, yeah. Dope. If you are going through trauma, there's, Everyone's going through trauma. Everyone has trauma. Everyone has baggage. Like, if you keep, um, if you keep just piling it on, you're going to explode, and it's not yeah. cool. Like, and oftentimes you're going to explode on the people that love you. You're gonna harm the people that love you the most. Right. So just seek help. Like, just get help. So yeah. I mean, so thank you so much for sharing that because I think, and Welcome. you mentioned something very powerful. <laughs> but what you said was powerful i mean Thank of course you. you can always have your friends like i know you and i always joke about this like i'm yeah. the un unpaid untrained you're uh, my unpaid therapist and q needs to be paid for real like for real for real this is like what you said i mean it's true like it's good to share with your friends but sometimes you really need because your friends can always kind of give you a certain level of advice but at the end of the day if you're putting your weight on them and they have no yeah. way to like really process it it doesn't exactly. help you that much and it definitely doesn't help them because exactly. it become, becomes a burden to them so definitely seek out you know therapy and professional exactly. therapy <laughs> exactly so just just to round up a little bit um if you could just tell us what have you learned about yourself in the process of trying to connect with your dad's side of the family and his culture and then also if you can give some advice to people who are looking to learn more about their family history when there's one parent that's not, you know, actively in the picture? Um, what I learned is that it doesn't matter if you didn't grow up with that side. Like I always tell, I always tell you and I tell like my Nigerian friends, like whether or not I grew up with my Nigerian side, like I have Nigerian blood running through my veins. So like there's certain things that I do that is like totally like Nigerian. So I learned, like, with 23andMe and, and Kiru, my, my, my trusty, my trusty Igbo sister, <laughs> um, I learned that my dad is from, I know she, my mom told me, at first she told me he was Igbo, I guess, because, I don't know, I guess that's what he told her, I don't know. But for the longest, I thought I was Igbo. And then we had to, like, debunk that because, like, I have a specific Nigerian name, and that's not in the Igbo language, and... I have a specific like last name and that's not a evil last name. Right. So we had to go back to the drawing board and Kira and I were really busy. <laughs> we had to go back to the drawing board and um, we found out that I was, what is the word again? Just to be honest, I keep forgetting because <laughs> we've, we've, we've seen, like we've looked up so many different exactly. places. Oh, cool but, record but or something the, like that. I don't remember. I think Anyways, or something like that. Or Robo or something like that. But basically, my dad's from Port Harcourt and he's from Boney Town to be exact. And um, I was just like researching the culture and stuff like that. And I mean, it was cool. Like, there's rich culture. I want to get to know it more. And um, it really helped me. Like, I figured that I was very resilient because there were a lot of dead ends. Mm. And I just, 
kept on going and going and going and I'm going to continue to keep going until like I find him because like right. yo what's up <laughs> but, uh, what, what was the other question it's actually you answered both um like what oh. have you learned and then what advice can you give to people who are looking to find oh. their family the advice I can give is like purchase like an African DNA test or whatever okay. or you know like an ancestry from Africa. That's what I didn't do. I did 23 and me because I'm like, it's genes, like, you know, but I already knew I was Nigerian. Like, but I just needed that. I needed that like physical proof to be like, yes, you know, right. solidified. Like I needed that. Like it's my genes, you know, you can't lie about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm definitely going to purchase the African one, the AfricanAncestry.com to see exactly, you know, to know exactly where or whatever up front. Yeah. Excuse me. I would say do that. I would say um I would say talk to the parent that you do have. Right. The one parent that you do have. Get as much information as you can and give them grace because like like I said earlier, I didn't really give my mom grace like at first because I didn't think like, oh yo, like this dude really broke my mom's heart. Like to be pregnant at the age that she was pregnant, she wasn't like totally young, no. Like she was in her 20s. Let me, like, my mom was in her 20s. When, but like, you know, to be pregnant in Africa, unmarried, it's a big disgrace. Mm. We all know that. So I didn't think about that until later on. Like what that did for her, like how, what people said about her, you know, and then, and then he's from another country. So, like, all of that, you know, all of that, it can be, like, shameful. Right. You know? And I didn't want my mom to, like, I didn't want to keep hurting my mom, but I needed answers. So I just gave her grace. I forgave her and I asked her to forgive me because, like, I was very, 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 like I said, I'm stubborn. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. Like, I yeah. need, you know, like, chop, chop. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Like, let's go. I don't Thanks. care if it hurts you. I don't care. Like, I need to know. So at first, that was what it was. So, like, I, we had to apologize to each other. And I gave her grace. Like, I beat, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, for a long time, like, I made her feel guilty. And, like, I did a lot of manipulative things because I was hurting. And I was like, yo, like, you're not being fair. But I didn't think about how it was affecting her to even unpack that to her child mm. like to like to know like you don't have all those answers for your kid it's like kind of it's kind of like shameful and I don't I don't ever want my mom to be ashamed like my mom's awesome like yeah. she's the most beautiful woman I know and she's super smart she's like all about her kids and her husband and the people around her my mom would give like the clothes off her back to anyone like that's how nice she is Sometimes I have to be like, yo, chill out. Like, you're doing too much. <laughs> so, like, I protect her at all costs. That's why I don't even... I could care less about, you know, what people think about me or whatever. But when it comes to my family, when it comes to my parents, no. Like, right. that's why... No, like, no. So, just give that parent grace. Long story short, give that parent grace. Um, if you're from Africa, like, get the African DNA ancestry test even if you're black american 
Right. Like get the African ancestry test so you can know what part of Africa your people are from. Because at the end of the day, life started on the continent of Africa. So yep. it, you know, we're all African. So yeah. <laughs> be resilient, be consistent, like try to get, you know, you're gonna have a lot of you're gonna hear a lot of no's on your journey because and like I'm still trying to, um, and Kiru might know a relative of mine, but I'm just so scared of, like, I've been rejected and it was so many dead ends. I'm just, like, really taking my time with that other one. <laughs> oh. I'm taking my time with that. But, like, yeah, don't don't be scared. Like, you, you're you supposed to know this. You deserve to know that other side of your family. So just right. continue to be resilient, continue to be consistent, and take breaks for your mental health take breaks go to therapy take breaks because you can't you can't pour it from an empty cup right like oftentimes i would do that like i would search 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 and then i would get drained and like disappointed and i cried a lot i mean i cry naturally like that's how i get things you know i get things like out that i can't physically say i cry Mm -hmm. so um yeah just be consistent Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Pray about it. Ask whoever you believe in to lead and guide you. Yeah. And eventually you'll find your relative by God's grace. Yeah. 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 I, I really love that, sis. I mean, I know it took a lot for you to, you know, share <laughs> this. So I really appreciate you. It's I, it's not easy to kind of go through this. And, you know, I really hope that one day you will be able to yeah, you know, connect with your dad, and I hope that it will be a beautiful reunion. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, wh- thank you so much for providing this platform because, like, I feel so like light right now, like oh, just getting it off my yeah. chest and talking about it. And I really feel like this could help other people, especially people in the diaspora and from Africa, to be exact. It's not shameful to talk about these things. You deserve to know your your family, like right. What are we here for if it's not to like build our family and to grow and to you know like there's a lot there's a lot and i feel like uh oftentimes i think like i run over and over my head like what am i gonna do when i meet him like am i gonna cry like yeah am I gonna be mad? <laughs> like it just <laughs> i just go over a lot of things yeah but yeah i want to thank you so much sis for always just being there for me listen like hearing me cry i cry a lot <laughs> um and just like being so supportive helping me research and just like being a like a sister like for real for real like literally we've grown so much throughout this i think it was what the summer yeah or maybe this I, think, summer. This, I think the pandemic really just brought people closer to be honest like yeah it made them do a lot of like self-reflection yes yes it did yeah, yeah. So I'm very appreciative of you. Like, I love our relationship. I love what you're doing. Continue to do what you're doing. You know, I always call you the future, you know, Oprah Winfrey. Like, you're going to be great. Continue to do what you're doing. Continue to just, you know, be who you're meant to be. Walk in your truth. Know who you are. And don't be afraid to tell people who you are. Like, you know, you're mm. evil, for goodness sake. You're an evil mm. woman. <laughs> 
Like, yes, I'm super proud of you. And I'm so proud of this platform. Like all the beautiful stories that you have created, like you really go the extra mile to make people feel comfortable. Like this interview has been what, two months or I don't know how long we're supposed to Yeah, we've been planning this forever. (laughs) We've been planning this forever. Like for me, I don't like to be emotional. I don't like to, you know, I don't, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. But it always makes it feel like she's like such a warm and welcoming spirit that, you know, you feel comfortable, you know, unloading. Sometimes I have to like draw back and be like, okay, like, you know, it has to be fair. Like, you know, it has to be a fair swap. I can't just always unload on her and she's not, you know, telling me things too, to like release her to vent or whatever. So yeah, it's a very, it's a good relationship. I love it. If you're out there and a lot, I know there's a lot of freaking Liberian and Nigerian kids. Yeah. Don't be ashamed to ask your parent, um, you know, ask your parent. Get to know your other culture. Even if you can't, like, know your, um, you don't get to know your, that other side right away. Link mm-hmm. up with people who are from that country, you know, so you can get a, a gist of it, you know. But yeah, thank you so much for just creating this free space. Make sure you guys like follow, subscribe, you know, share this, make it go viral, you know? <laughs>